Diamond Dreams Miami up and in, and this is an episode 70, but that's about the average that Shohei Otani is going to make. Well, I mean, with some adjustments, because it was a pretty wild contract, but we're basically naming episode 63 the Shohei Otani show. It might as well be 17 also, right? Because that's his number. Otani show. Oh, yeah. I saw something this morning, but I... I I had to have a, uh, a laugh inside, you know, that day. Jo jo so Joe Kelly is back with the Dodgers. You know, pitch for the Dodgers. He had that one incident, I think it was with, was it with Correa? Yes. The, you know, like, the, sort of like the doing, sad face. Yeah, the sad yeah. face and all that. Um, and he wore 17. He's back with the Dodgers. And they said they asked him, uh, um, you know, about, oh, who's going to wear 17? Oh, obviously gonna be Otani but he said oh you know we could both wear it and we'll be Johei Johei and I'm like they have to this they have to this. <laughs> if you want to wear 17 the Dodgers will be like Papo you gotta go play for the Angels to yeah wear 17. that's a that's a quick trade if you're gonna draw a hard line there with that jersey number <laughs> exactly. but hey congrats to Shohei Otani you know talk about a guy who who kind of did it the right way you know what I mean revolutionizing um, the way free agency is done and you know we're yeah. gonna we're gonna discuss this at, at length mike because it happened during the week i know you and i were communicating you were you were in disney and you know stuff was breaking you know we got a text he's like on his way to toronto that's what everybody yeah. thought john yep. morosi also reporting it um and we're like damn he's gonna sign with the blue Jays. i mean it it just didn't feel right you know it's like shohei otani in toronto i, I don't know man even if they if they had the money and a tremendous squad that they would have built. Yeah, it didn't feel right, it, but they would have been stacked. It's Toronto, no, it's, uh, but it's <laughs> it's not sexy. It's, it's not, not it's sexy, not appealing. man. And this it's is this, this guy is um he's a money making machine, yeah. man. Yeah, he's he's the guy. He's the guy. He's the face of baseball right now. So he ends up with the Dodgers, which is what was expected. And I, I remember last week I said I was predicting the Dodgers, and I said even though it's not a bold pick because that's that's the safe pick. You stay in L.A. West Coast, you know, Asian community out there, Japanese, um, and you're playing for probably the the team that year after year is expected to win it all, or at right. least win the National League. Yeah. And and the Dodgers, man, they they brought up the big bucks, and they structured it how Shohei Otani wanted to structure it, which is very friendly to the team. He's going to collect $2 million per year for the next 10 years, and then after that... 68 a year for the next 10. So it's um it's a little bit of Bobby Bonilla, but not really. Because you know, Bobby was making a mill. Imagine right. once once Shohei retires, he's making yeah. 68 a year. But he said, I, I don't need it. He made 30 million off endorsements last yeah. year, and that's as part of the Angels. Imagine Mike, how much money is he gonna make now in endorsements by being an LA Dodger? Yeah, no, it's gonna be wild. He did 30 million last year, right? So he's probably gonna double that, you yeah. know. Um easy. But my thing is, like, it's it, it really hooks the Dodgers up, like, immensely. Number one on the tax bracket, I guess, whatever. But it also gives the Dodgers 10 years to basically money make him as much as possible. Endorsements, you know, jerseys, all the licensing, everything that comes with it, fans. 
and it gives them an opportunity. And I don't know how it works with these big billion dollar corporations ownership, but you know, do they put money away every year? I don't know, but I think yearly just on what they can get from him alone, it's kind of like you're getting him for free kind of, cause you kind of got 10 years to come up with this money. And I think it's very doable. And it also proves that, I mean, the Dodgers, like you said, are, you know, always filled with studs and stuff like that. But it also proves for Shohei Otani and everybody that even if you're a superstar, you still want to play with the best. So I, I don't see it as like, you know, Shohei Otani is going to a team that's stacked because he wants to win. No, no, I don't see it like that. I see it as going, Shohei Otani is going to one of the best offensive lineups in the league. And that guy might go and hit 355 this year. Yep. You know, and that's the thing. Like, these guys, yeah, everybody, oh, they're going to this team. But no, man, but they want to be pushed. Like, they want those Freddie Freeman in front of him or behind him and, you know, Mookie Betts. You know, they they want these guys. Those guys will push each other. And and that's how you kind of squeeze the juice out of these superstar athletes is by surrounding them with the best. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, go Dodgers. No, and he, and he, basically, <laughs> he basically told the Dodgers, listen, I know I'm worth, you know, um, what is it, 70 per per year, right? But here's all this money back for now. Defer it and go build me a squad. Yep. Get me the best pitchers. Yep. They're in the competition as of now. I mean, they're going to land of December 13th at 10:30 in the morning. Yamamoto hasn't signed anywhere. They're going to land Yamamoto because Yamamoto wants to play where there's another Japanese guy. And was part of this structure kind of to make room for the him and well, someone else? Possibly, yeah. And someone else? You know? But if he ends up in L.A., that's going to be a tough bone to... <laughs> you, you wanna, you wanna I don't know if you're going to be able to break the wrapper on that bone. You know what I mean? It's going to be a tough bone to break. But you know what? I'm not going to guarantee you anything. With what they're saving there, they, they could easily land Yamamoto and Blake Snow. Easily. And, and and then, you know, and, and yeah. who else? And then you win 120 it's, games. It's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, you know, he puts him in a, in a, in a very good position. But, but you know, like, like we mentioned, Mike, he's he's a unicorn. He's he's the guy. He's, he's you know, he, one of the best pitchers in baseball, one of the best uh, hitters in baseball. And and basically, I, I think, you know, the his agent did what what we, we kind of speculated that they wanted. It's like, hey, Judge is making 40. Scherzer's making 40. We could do both as good. Yeah. You know, we're giving you a bargain at 70. And, you know, after the injury and, and, and his uh, his surgery, we're like, yeah, but is he really going to? He got it. He got it. He got it. He, so, he's set. He's set for life. So I'm, I'm assuming, based on what I've seen, he'll be back on the mound in 2026. Or the 2024. 20, should be 2025. I mean, I think with a year off, he, he should be good. A year? Yeah, he shouldn't be. Because he's not doing surgery. He's doing some type of rehab, right? I think he ended up having the surgery. Did he? Yeah. So he'll he'll be back this year. I mean, or well, next oh, year. Yeah. But I mean, he's gonna he's gonna play the whole the whole season as a DH, and and probably rack. <laughs> um, if I was the Dodgers, I would put him on a two year plan, Armando, just because you have to understand that the arm that throws 100 the shoulder and the elbow that throws 100 miles an hour for seven eight nine innings is not your shoulder and my elbow <laughs> it's not right 
you know, and especially when you're, you know, you know, the last thing you want is for this guy to be out where he can't help you offensively. So if I was the Dodgers, especially with the pitching they have and the pitching that they may get or they may have, um, I, I would I, I, I would I would give it a two year, bro. You know? I mean, I I think we're gonna see him in twenty twenty five on the mound, middle end, middle you end know, and playoffs maybe, and and then bring him in slowly, you know, have him on a pitch count, see how how he reacts, because could you imagine, Mike, if you know twenty twenty four happens, he hits, no say three thirty, fifty jacks, hundred something RBIs, then next year you bring him, all right, you know what I see, you know, he's gonna hit, he's gonna pitch, game one throws the ball. <sighs> That's what I'm saying, Pain. you know, and and you know, it, I mean, that's the risk with anybody, really. But correct, correct. They're not right. making seven seven hundred million dollars. If, if the team needs him, might change that timeline a little bit. But I mean, if let's say they sign Yamamoto, they sign Snell, whatever, and they, that team just is cruising without him, there's gonna be this could be no rush. That guy's gonna hit three fifty with fifty five jacks this year. No, and 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 what what does what does he do for? For, for baseball moving forward, well, a, a couple of things, and you know, and I'll, I'll toss you the questions. One, um, the way contracts are structured, because now Otani Otani did that. Who's to say a lot of a lot of guys won't, won't do that? You know, it, from a financial standpoint, being him, it's smart because it, it's it's going to give you money. You know, for the next the ten years after he retires, he's going to be making very good money. Um, while well, he makes a lot of endorsements now, but but the feature of free agency in baseball, you know, it's been done before. Yes, Bobby Bo did it years ago, but the the future now, if there's another guy like like on Otani, who's a stud, who's marketable, you know, and and he could position his his himself like on a team like the Mets, like the Yankees, like the Red Sox, some of the bigger market teams, or maybe even a imagine the Marlins start. They're they're stacked, bro. They're they're kicking ass this year. But next year there's a free agent, and they're like, "Hey, listen, for the next four or five years, we can't pay you fifty a year, but we could pay you this. And on year six, we're gonna we're gonna bring the money." I, I think yes. I, I I would like to see more of that. Okay, but I think that what we're seeing here is an exaggeration, Armando. Like to me, it's an exaggeration because if I, if my salary is supposed to be seventy a year, like I think me hooking you up is telling you, hey, give me, give me thirty five this year, right, and give me thirty five in ten years. I'm hooking you that that's the man the hookup. When you're fifty percent off, we're saving thirty five million. We can go out and get somebody. But two million, and I get the endorsements. That's why I think I don't know how realistic it's going to be. I mean, you're going to have to be a super mega star to be able to yes. do this because, you know, you're going to have to have the endorsement money. Like this is not something that's for anybody. You know what right. I mean? But to me, it's it's an exaggeration of how little money he's taking. You know what I'm saying? Like, is is that too much? Like, should that be allowed? I don't know, man. But dude, he deferred six hundred eighty million dollars. Yeah, that's. That's a lot, a lot of money. You know, I mean, I would have thought, hey, okay, you know what? I'm gonna take twenty plus my endorsements. Cool, defer me fifty a year. you at the end, we owe you five hundred. Cool. You can use a lot of that money now for things. Cool. But this guy must be saturated in in money. This is the, I mean, the ultimate ultimate hookup. 
and it's got to be guaranteed you know, no matter what happens yes, I mean, no matter what he's know, making that money yeah i'm saying god forbid something were to happen to him it's got to yeah. be guaranteed money no it's, it's, he's getting paid you know yeah he's getting paid no matter what yeah. and also you know the free the free agent money jumped from what was the max 40 something to yeah. to 70 and yes he is the unicorn he plays two two positions but but I I'm curious to see the next time a free agent let, let's say Juan Soto now with the Yankees this year because you know he hasn't re he didn't re up right I mean you know everybody thinks the Yankees will be able to re sign him no problem they have the money but let, what if Juan Soto hits 350 this year and hits you know 60 jacks next year you know at least 50 at least 50 per and you know. Now, you know, the, so the, the thing now with the 68 in 10 years, dude, that, that's what players are going to be making in, yeah. in 10 years. No, that's pretty wild. Regular position players. That's pretty wild, man. That, that's, that's crazy how that's just skyrocketing like that. But then what's going to happen to the season ticket prices, man? Oh, they're, they're, gonna no, to the they're, they're going up. Everything's you know going to I mean? go up. You know what I mean? Everything's going to go up. I mean, we're, we already jumps. pay a premium in concessions. A, a tremendous premium. and There's got to be parking. a stop at some point, though. You know what I mean? There's got to be. Like we're like we're real estate? No, it's, uh you know, everything's going up. And, you know, to, to when these players are going to get paid. And they're going to get paid very handsomely. Yeah. So, you know, let, let's see. Let's see what the what the future is for, for those teams. But, you know, going back to Otani and, and free agency and how he, they said San Francisco was close. They made a similar offer. They, made, heard, a, yeah. they made a similar offer. So, you know, he was between those two teams and, you know, ended up, Staying close to where he was. Also, um, the Toronto Blue Jays, man, they they were the Giants. They played the role of, you know, the arson yep. judge th this year. You know, they sold a bag of goods to John Morosi. Yep. You know, kind of like they did with John Heyman last year. And, and dude, the, these agents are playing the game, man. They're, they're playing the game. There was, a, there was an actor who's Canadian. And he was on that flight from Burbank to to Toronto, and you know he poked fun at it or or whatever. But man, they they played the Blue Jays, yep. they played Morosi, they played others in the media, and that's the way it's gonna it's gonna be played, Mike. Because they said that the the Dodgers were ready to make a lower offer. They had made a lower offer, and when they heard all this on Friday, they were like, "Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever it takes." And and Shohei got what he wanted, what him and his agent wanted. I wonder what happens to these um, people, Morosi and the arson judge. What happened? Do, do they get, does their boss tell them something? Do they have a boss or how does this work? Man, it's, it's tough. Look, because, you know, Morosi, Morosi, I think, uh, writes directly for, for MLB right now. Um, you know, so he's been, he's been good. I or mean, are their comments just enough to, to know you messed up or how? Yeah, how I, it, I, think, I think you just take the, the comments and, you know, and it's like, a, you know, be better with your sources later on. But you know, John Morosi's fine. John Heyman's, yeah. you know, he's still he's still writing. I mean, he he reported the whole thing with uh, Yamamoto yesterday. You know, uh, being being with the Dodgers and and the finalists and all that stuff. So you know, they they're still insiders. They still get good information. But if you're an agent, you know, yeah, you're hey, not spinning you, you that call, exactly. You call who you need to call exactly. to say like, hey, hey exactly. just wanted to let you know that. Shohei may or may not be on a flight to Toronto right now. Hey, seems like it is. Just letting you know. Letting you know. Letting it you seems. Know. I heard the scoop, and then you're reporting it. 
you know, my source told me this. And then that organization goes a little crazy. And then the other one. Listen, man, like when you, when you met me way back when, um, I was, you know, I studied journalism in school. You know, I, I did, I did my journalism studies at, at FIU. And I remember when, you know, the, the classes that would teach you, Hey, you need to be objective. You need to be objective. You need to check your sources. You report it, you know, when it, when, when it's confirmed, you know, you're not going to report some nonsense, even though through history we've seen, you know, like Dewey wins the presidency, wasn't Dewey, it was uh, Harry Truman and, and other other cases, right? Um, look at me going and talking about Harry Truman <laughs> and, and Thomas Dewey, but um, it happens. It happens, you know, you you rely on these sources and right now, Mike, we're, we, we don't live in, in the same era we lived in when I was taking these classes in, in the year 2000. 2001 we're living in a, in a more advanced era like right now after we get out of this i'm gonna call a kid an old friend from fiu actually she called me and she used to take journalism classes with me she's like hey my my little cousin he just graduated from college wants to get into the business my conversation with him is gonna be a lot different than whoever talked to me 20 something years ago mike you're competing to be first on your phone, on Twitter, on X, or whatever the hell it's called, there's a lot of false information. Right now, there's a scramble to to break the news, to be first, and it's not about checking the sources and about you know you you get a source you might think it's good and it's solid, and you go with it because you want to be first. And is it is it right? No, because you you might get screwed, like we yeah. saw it with Morosi. Um, but it happens a whole lot more than than it used to, and it's gonna it's gonna yeah. keep getting worse. Amanda, you you brought something up that triggered. I remember those classes twenty years ago. If you were to take those same classes now, would a lot of the classes of what they're teaching these kids be that right there exactly the social media aspect of what news is? Like, is that now like the biggest thing? Like, if you were to retake that class right now, 22 years later, 23 100%, years later. 100%. And, and you know, the, the, the news is changing every single day. You know, you need less people. The, the way you report it is a lot different, you know. Um, for instance, I was telling somebody the other day that uh, um, John Boy, you know, talking Yanks, you know, John Boy Media... This guy created an empire by doing YouTube videos and Instagram videos. The day that the Juan Soto thing broke, he he put a video from his car and and his half his face was shadowed. It was dark. Yeah, it was like, you know, six o'clock at night, so it was nighttime. That's that's media right now. The, you know, the oh my god. It broke. Let's go on at six and you light up the studio and, you know, if uh, Ambrosio Hernández over at the young's getting ready. Oh, no. no. That shit's dead, man. Dead. That's long gone. Are you still going to do it? Yes, because there is an audience for that. Not everybody gets on their phone and all that. Like, you know, like the way the way your mom, my mom, you know, still watches news. I, I hooked up my mom. I gave her all the apps and now... I see her in my house con Telemundo on and she's looking, mira, pasó no sé qué en la noticia. But I had to Because it'll break there. there before it comes on the TV. Absolutely. That's wild. 100%. So my conversation with that kid is, look, man, you have so many advantages because, look, anybody could do what we're doing right now. 
Are they going to do it as good as us? No, because we're Never. we're, we're kick ass. But but anybody could do what, what we do now. You see people people call me every day, Mike, and tell me, "Hey, I heard your podcast. Hey, I have an idea for a podcast. Hey, let's do a podcast." And and it's like I'm I'm very guarded because I'm I I did this for a living. I'm just not going to do any podcast. Correct. It's like when we started doing it, I told you, we have to be committed. We exactly. got to do it every week. Yeah, once a week. You know, and, and we have good stuff and we have good rapport. You're not going to do that with every, anybody. But that kid that I'm going to talk to may be able to do whatever. And, and, and it might go really well for him. Right. It may not. But the practice that he's going to get, I didn't have this opportunity back then. I remember when my friend David, during the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa chase, it was when I started FIU. And I, I auditioned to, you know, you, you call it audition. Of course, you're going to be in, 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 in college radio. But before I called your games, I did a, a, a tape. Me and a friend, we got one of those little tape recorders, went to, you know, Radio Shack and bought it with the little cassette. And we put it. And we were watching. I remember the Cardinals were playing. McGuire was chasing uh, Roger Maris. And we called the game. We called the game from beginning to end. And, you know, had, during a commercial break, we switched a cassette to the other side. No Can way, I get that's it? cool, man. And, and we called it, you know, and, and, and we did a little audition. And we gave the guy the tape. He listened to it. Oh, bro, this was good. Okay, you could do play-by-play for the baseball team. And that's how I ended up doing it. Now it's very different, bro. Like, you could, you could do so many things. You could do so many videos. You could get your phone and record yourself and yeah. do a little show. Yeah, but you know it's really different, too? That what you just did? I don't know what people are going to do that now, man. How many kids are really going to do that? I don't know how many are committed to doing it, but but if if they wanted to, if they look, want, look, look if they these want tools to, do, they if have, they want it. But let's say what you did twenty years ago, where you put it, went to Radio Shack, you bought the recorder, you put it, you called your own game, and you gave it to a guy and said, "Hey, check this out and listen." And you got hired like that. That's witty. That's smart. That's ballsy. I don't know if kids nowadays are going to do that. Look, man, the dr- the drive definitely isn't there. It's different. And, and it's, it's, it's different, different because it's too simple because of exactly all the things that you're saying, right? Or the, 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 the how eat cuckoo. I love it. We got the cuckoo. And you asked me about, uh, hey, do we turn it down? And I said, no, man. We I can't. think every time we're at Casa Quintana, no, that's, that's that. a staple. Not just that, man. You you kind of mess up. With, I, I, was in, I was informed that you kind of messed the balance up a little bit. Yeah, we don't, do don't want to mess with, I don't want, with Tata. I don't want Tata. No. I don't want Tata getting <laughs> mad at us here. Well, what I'm saying is that th- those same things that are the benefits that you're talking about, right, with the on the, the social media and right away and this and that, but those things so simple are the same reasons why kids aren't going to do what you did 20-something years ago. No, and, and You know you, what I mean? Like, you understand right, my point but, that I'm trying to make? Look, while, yes, while it's easier now to do stuff and while my conversation with this kid is going to be very different than the advice I would have given myself 20 years ago, because 20 years ago, I had to go to Mike McQueen, who was the head of journalism over at, at, FIU, at FIU, and tell him, hey, hey, McQueen, you know, what can I do? And I, I took the initiative, nobody, Mike, nobody else did it, what I did. I went, hey, what can I do? Put me in touch with Bill Van Smith over at the Herald, started covering high school sports. Bill didn't have a position for me. He put me in touch with the internet department. They gave me a job. So I was covering high school sports, working in the internet department, posting online stories, which I'll tell you now a story about trying to break, you know, some news. 
Um, and at the same time, I convinced the online department to let me do boxing columns just exclusively for the internet. And I used to write these long columns about, you know, De La Hoya and a bunch of other people at the time. So that was a different way to do it. But look what I had to do. You know, a kid could now go to Wix, create his own page, post the same articles. And by the way, I did do that when I was 17. I have my own website, which I'll show you. It's, it, you could still find it. Very remedial, you know, done in like 1998. Uh, but, I, but I did it. But now it's so easy to do. Now it's so easy to, you know, mom, you know, can you pay uh, this podcasting for a year? You know, I'm going to do a podcast with my friends. And you start posting. And you can put it on Apple and, and Spotify and a bunch of, of these other places. But yes, the drive is very different. And I go back to a few years ago when I was still in, 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 in the media producing for, for Univision. When I, when I was producing network um, sports for Telemundo, so this was 2008, I was 28 years old. I remember with Miguel Angel Garcia, he used to be, he was, he's a VP now at, at Univision. He used to be the producer and I was his associate producer. Associate producer, my job description was to, you know, let's say, hey, we interviewed Mike Quintana. Okay, Mike Quintana, what does he do? Uh, owner of Diamond Dreams. Okay. Mike Quintana, banner, owner of Diamond Dreams Miami Academy. I had to look at the video. Okay, we're going to put his uh, tag or, you know, his uh, super between five seconds and nine seconds. Put it in there. So when your interview goes on, oh, well, you know, Diamond Dreams, da 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 Super, Mike Quintana's name comes in, comes out. I was in charge of typing that up and calling it, telling, hey, bring it in, bring it out, checking all the tapes, make sure everything was done. Checking the spelling. Checking everything, everything. Más allá de eso, obviously, my next step was to be a producer. So the producer would come in, build his rundown, and was in charge of executing the show on air. I used to get there earlier than the producer, Going to the rundown, I used to build the rundown. And when he got there, I go, hey, rundown's build, bro. Check it. Tell me if you like it. And tell me what you would change. Tell me how it could be better. Oh, no. Yeah, this, that. Okay. okay. También. Hey, Armando, associated producer. Associate producer. Hey, we need you to go interview fulano. Okay. Go interview. Bro, when I was 23 years old, I sat in front. It was my first week at Channel 6 when I was 23. Right after college, and I interviewed the entire Miami Heat team. Wow. One-on-one. The entire Miami Heat team. Pat Riley, uh, Stan Van Gundy was still there, Shaq, a bunch of guys. Um, as an associate producer. By the time I left, Mike, an associate producer would come in, and I'm like, hey, why didn't you do this? Hey, you should have checked that. You should have done that. Oh, no, but that's not in my job description. And I was like, mother effer, bro. <laughs> when I, if I'm in your position, you, do you know exactly. how you climb up in this business? Exactly. Do you know what I did no, go to become a producer yep. and make more money and get yep. promoted? Y- you have to put in the work that you're not supposed to do. Yep. You know, it's like, oh, what, do I, what does it take to be part of this baseball team? Oh, I got to show up to DD Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay, great. How about the other five days? How about, how about the other five days? Yeah. What are you going to do? How about before practice? How about after practice? How about, yep. you know, and as you get older, you know, I have a little six-year-old kid that's, you know, and, and we do put in work. When you're older, you can say, oh, no, I don't have time for that. And Eric San Pedro was talking to us about that. 
you know the the youth nowadays and I, and I hate to complain Mike because después me siento como un viejo you know the oh back in my day but dude people don't put in that work Mike people don't put in that work anymore the work ethic so you're absolutely right the it's easier but you still got to put in the work you still got to put in the work so if you if you're hard worker and you take advantage of what we have today man sky's the limit man you know what i mean like can you imagine like can you imagine armando Back in the day at FIU, you know, our senior year when we won the regional that we went to go face Mark Pryor in Southern California. Can you imagine if we would have had social media at that time, Instagram account, NIL deals, Mike Quintana with 20 homers going to the West Coast to face Mark Pryor? It changes things. Absolutely. There's 80 scouts there. Yep. Changes things immensely. You know what I mean? What a time to be alive right now with these dude, guys, and man, how about these on, athletes and online scouting? Now you look up any kid, yeah, and you have a billion yeah. videos yeah. of these kids. Yeah, there's a guy. He's a he's an AC contractor, and he he w- he w- did work for the owner of a house that one of my buyers bought, and we stayed in touch. But tipo buena gente. His name is uh, Joel Quevedo. His um his son, I, I believe his name is Joel Joel Joelkis. Dude, the kid is a, bro, beast, beast of a hitter. And he's like 16 years old, bro. Badass. And I can show you videos of this kid. I've been following this kid's career, Mike, for the last, like, yeah. you know, five years. You know, on, on you know, the dad's posting videos and I'm watching this kid, you know, go up, grow like six inches, become this beast. He's playing at all these tournaments. He's playing, bro, And and now it's look. I don't even. I've never met this kid in person, yet I know who he is. I know how good he is. I know how probably far he can make it. It's it's right there. It's right there. And and look, you said nil. I just sent this to somebody today. Cam Ward, who's the quarterback for Washington State, entered the portal, and the Miami Hurricanes are after him. His parents, the the Canes, met with him last night, and he had dinner. You know, he casually showed up at dinner. And took a picture with him and his parents, Rick Ross. <laughs> Rick Ross, you know. But years ago, hey, that's a big no-no. That's a big no-no. You know, like we knew that Luke was involved with the team, yeah, and that there was dinero, but shh, no, no, can't talk no, about no, it. No, Rick Ross is there, bro. The you man. know, uh, so Rick Ross can cover that meal if he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, things have changed immensely. And you know, going back to how we started this this uh, whole conversation, which I'm I'm glad I'm glad we have because there's a lot of people that are listening to us that you know have kids that are in, in school, uh, maybe did broadcast in the past, and this you know brings back some some memories. But could you imagine, Mike, the the way that media is going to change and coverage of these events are going to change from now 2023 to when Otani finishes these. 20, 20 years of money when yeah. I'm 63 years 64 dude it's it, it's it's changed a lot in the last 10 years yeah imagine in 20 yeah. the way stuff is, is reported now 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 you now you throw artificial intelligence into ah, it yeah. how's that gonna affect it yeah you I'm know not, I'm, 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 I'm I like change you know but in my opinion ah, man I, I kind of see things like happening very fast. You know Too what I fast. mean? Too fast. You know what I mean? Like, we're already paying a guy 70 million a year. You know what I'm saying? 
think that's where we're at. That's where we we're went at. from 43 to 70 overnight. You know, a Rod, just so that people know, Alex Rodriguez was the first player in the draft to get a million dollar signing bonus. Okay. Uh, Ruben, remember Ruben Sierra? Yes, sir. He was the first player to make $5 million a year. And when they did that, like, bro, when A-Rod got that $20, 250000000 million deal, everybody was like, whoa, that's there. It's just impossible. Whoa, 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 whoa. Look where we're at. And the thing is, it's happening really fast because the jump in the salaries has really happened in the last four years. Really happened in the last four or five years. You know what I mean? And, you know, the best hitter, Aaron Judge, has got 40. Now this guy's got 70. And you're going to tell me guys are going to fall in between that? I think, I think it, I think, I think that 70 is a special. And I think that judge sets the mark. Yep. You know what I mean? My opinion, like my opinion, like I, I don't see how the Yankees can pay Swan Soto more than what they're paying Aaron judge without Aaron judge being like, well, what do you mean, bro? I'm the homer. But they they may have to, to keep him. Especially now. Yeah. I don't know. Especially now. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. But it's the way the market is, Mike. You know, it's but uh, but I'm on to up to what point because up to what point are you gonna say, nah, I'm not gonna go to the Marlins Park? Man, you, you, you I know? renewed my tickets. You know, they did good. You know, I renewed them. You know, the price went up like twenty bucks, whatever. But I mean, like at Taekwondo, you know what I mean? Like, like how far are we gonna go with this to where like a regular? Because right now. A regular family of four is going to spend 200 bucks there, not including tickets. Look, like right the other day, B.B. Perejroda, was, he's a season ticket holder for the, for the Dolphins. And he was telling me that they already sent him the email. Hey, first dibs on playoffs. Yep. This first is dibs. what the tickets cost. Yep. He told me he pays for his tickets is $200 per, per game. Right. You know, for, right. for the season, and it's him and Susie. Right. Um. Those same two hundred dollar tickets for the A- if they made the AFC Championship, how much do you think they are? He pays two hundred now. Four hundred for the AFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, fourteen hundred. Nine fifty. Yeah. Nine fifty. Yeah, that's two grand just to get there. Nine fifty. Yeah, that's two grand just to just to say you're going. And he, I, and, I just don't know. What and what the, he told me, he goes, he goes, I I can I can't not go. Right, you of know, course, like, yeah, he's got to go, he's got to go, I get it. And it's a life experience, bro, and, and it's one of those things that you do. It's like uh, when these ladies buy the purses and shit, you know. Um, you spend money on things, you know, and I'm, I'm super open to doing that, you know. Like, you want to go spend two grand on AFC Championship, we've never been there, you want to go, boom, I'm all in on that. But when that $1,900 exhibit turns into 3900 when do you draw the line? Yep. When do you draw you know, the line, and and what and what fans are like, you expecting you to know, get in the like, stadium? Too? Like you know, Marlins playoff ticket. You know, like you know, my tickets are like sixty bucks each. I get two of them. You know, per game, a little twenty game package, easy. Um, but I'm not gonna pay three fifty a ticket to go see them in the playoffs. I'm just not. Like it's not what I have my tickets for. Right. You know. Now I'll pay hundred fifty. I'm not gonna pay three fifty. You know what I mean? I'm not cheap. I'm not bro- I'm not broke by any means. Like I'm fine, but like I'm just it's just does not like at what point do you draw the line? Like too expensive, not too expensive. When are these prices gonna stop? No, let let's see, man. It's uh you know? 
they they got to stop at some point. But you know, the, the, these players keep on I mean, getting paid what they're getting paid. You saw the prices of up. the tickets in Philadelphia for the playoffs, right? Oh yeah. I mean that was crazy, but hey, people paid it. Hey, sold out. So <laughs> sold out. You so know what I mean? But I'm saying people like people are willing to yeah. you know spend the extra money because the product is great. Yeah, you know what I mean. But look with with boxing you know, with boxing pay, uh, pay per view fights used to be like fifty bucks. Then you know Mayweather fought Pacquiao, yeah, but set the standard now like a ninety bucks, and now you're watching you know any pay per view uh, fight is seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah, but what what's, what happens is these these teams that just don't have those players or those things, they're only going to sell tickets when other teams come into town. We've seen it happen here. Yep, you know what I mean. So, and then the local people in Cincinnati. Cleveland, they're going to be like, whoa, beer's already at 12 bucks. Fuck. I don't know, man. That's just, I'm just saying, at, at, you know, the consumer's the one that's going to pay the price. You know, I just wonder when when it's got to stop. Yeah, man. So, no, some, Not some, that I want it to stop. But right. Again, you know, this is capitalism. You right. know, this is, you know, you make as much as you can for as long as you can, but. You know what point is? You know. Yeah, like how how much can you squeeze from from the fans yeah, for the experience? No, I get it. That. Like you know, like are the are the, I know that the owners are making a lot of money, but how much? Because they're supposed to make the profits. Like, do we really have to pay players seventy million dollars to play baseball? I, I don't know. Though I just to me again capitalism, and I get it. Awesome, let's do it. I'm in the baseball business, but I don't know, man. Just seems off to me a little bit, you know. Now, if you're, you know, and you know, we we got a, we got a, a few more things to cover before we wrap up for today. But what does this do for the future of of, of baseball, right? Because Otani, like we've said many many times, unicorn. But do you think we're gonna start seeing more kids want to try this out? Not everybody's gonna do it well, right? But, you know, like, I think back, uh, not that he was that good a... I'm not comparing him to Otani at all. I remember Dontro Willis being a hell of a hitter at times that that sometimes I would even say, like, why, why the hell you, wouldn't you pinch hit him? You know, instead of, let's say, some guy goes up there, he's hitting a buck 50, Dontro's hitting, you know, in limited appearances, right? But he's hitting 300 with, like, a few jacks. Why not? You had a player like Rick and Kiel, who, after he... Stop, you know, he rem- he didn't remember how to pitch anymore. Went out and became a, a pretty decent outfielder. Real good outfielder, yeah. You know, yeah. um, are we going to start seeing more of this? Because if I'm if I'm a kid and I'm seeing this, I'm like, dude, that's a lot of freaking money that could be made by doing both. Well, well, the 99% won't succeed. But what about that 1% or, what, or 2% or 3% that might be able to do both effectively? Armando, I think that I think that it's a mistake that when these little league kids get to high school, that they force them to pick. I think it's a mistake. You know what I mean? Like, why? Because 14, he's 15, he's 16, he's 17. Why does he have to pick? Like, wouldn't it be beneficial for a roster to have everybody capable of pitching? All 20 of them, all 18 of them? When I was in high school, I remember Sarasota High was always very good. My brother was in high school, 90, 91. They would go to that spring break classic Sarasota tournament there all the time, and I went every year. And I remember asking, looking through the catalog and seeing the team's picture, and I remember asking my brother or my dad and saying, 
hey, but they only got 14 or it was like 13 or 14 guys in her team. I was like, see, porque todo hacen de todo. These big guys, strong. They all pitched. They all threw hard. They all catched. They all played outfield. They all played first. Like, and that's how I think it should be through high school. Like, everybody should be able to pitch in high school unless you don't want to. Badass shortstop, you're un caballo, it's just not your thing. Or a coach, I'm not a good. But the fact that a kid goes to a tryout and is a good hitter, good defender, good pitcher, and you're telling me you got to pick one, no. Like, let's do both. Now, oye, Armando, oye, bro, your pitching was terrible, bro. They're going to cut the palo. You're not throwing hard enough. We're going to keep you. Okay, cool. But if a kid's good at both, why can't he just train us both, do both, throw your bullpens, you don't have to use them, but just have them train for it. Like, why are we limiting these kids at such a young age? I think the problem starts there, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know? And look, you know, let's go back. When my brother was in high school, uh, one of his best friends, Robert Medio, started at, at LaSalle. And at LaSalle, he was going to pitch and he was going to hit. And you know how it is, man. You know, somebody, oh, we want you to play at no sé qué. He ended up going to Gables. And when he got to Gables, the coach at the time, which was, uh, I think, Tony Casas, just had him pitching. And he was great. Ended up pitching, tremendous record, all day, played at St. Thomas. But Robert was one of the best hitters of, you know, my, in my brother's age group. And a lot of kids came up through that age group, like Yonder Alonso, John Jay. Robert was probably as good as these guys. But when he became a pitcher in high school, that was it. And we begged him, Robert, come back to LaSalle. You could do both. Because at LaSalle, it was like, right. you play shortstop, you could pitch, right. you could do whatever. Right. And no quiso. Yeah. You know? And, and and it was unfortunate because we never got to see Robert uh, hit again. Right. Kiki Van Gochea was a great hitter. When we were kids growing up, he was probably the best hitter. And he got to Columbus and he pitched. And, you know, I mean, hell of a pitcher. Made it all the way to AAA. Yeah. Played yeah, for Team well. USA yep. with the Canes. But what if he would have hit? You know, so I, I think this Otani thing is good because I, I, I think it's going to force more people to say you can you can do both, can especially do with the training we have today, with the mentality we have today, with, uh, you know, all the technology we have. We can do both. And, you know, if need be, you could protect them with a pitch count or, or whatever. You, you can do it. Now, having DH in both leagues... Helps out a lot too, you know, that Otani could go to the National League and he could still DH, you know, so it helps tremendously. But I, I, I think this is going to open it up, Mike, because I hope. I it, hope. it'd be silly to, for kids who could do both to pick one when they're like, hey, you want me on your team? You need to let me do both. Yeah. If, like you said, if I'm in double A, me caen a palo, but I'm hitting 300, hey, I'll just play short. Exactly. No problem. But if I'm if I have a sub three ERA and I'm also hitting three hundred, you bet your ass I'm gonna do both in the majors. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And and who's gonna say no? Yeah, it'll be nice to see more of that. I agree. I, listen, I think every team should have one. I know that I know this guy's <laughs> special. I know he's a unicorn, it, it's but hard. Oh, man, we can't it's th hard. there can't be thirty guys who can do it adequately. Yep. Who can just give you who who on who on one roster spot on your roster on your active major league roster? How many do they carry now? What twenty five, twenty six, whatever it is. Can you? There can be one guy there that's going to give you a little bit of both. Can you? You can't find a guy that can hit two sixty, throw sub four bullpen. Just have him there in emergency. You never know. Close a game. You're up by a lot. You're down by a lot. You're in a squeeze. You're in a pinch. 
have an extra guy you can rely on. Maybe, maybe not, maybe yes. But Konya, you have him there. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand it. No, I think I think Shohei is revolutionizing the game. He's going to change the game and the way it's the, the way it's I, played and the way it's earned. But I want to go opposite. There have been some really, really, really good hitters, Division One, to go to the big leagues that have been badass pitchers. Yeah. Like real deal, big arms, you know. Stanford always has a couple guys like that, but I don't know. Let's no, see, it, it look it it could Let's be see. it could be done, oh, and yeah. and you know a couple things before we before we wrap up. Um, does this create kind of like a LeBron scenario too? You know, when LeBron came to the Heat, it opened it up where not in Otani's case because he's ta- he's the one taking the less money, but when LeBron came here, I remember guys coming and taking less money because they're like, yeah. we want a ring. Yeah. We want a ring. Yeah. And Randy Rosarena posted a picture of him and Otani on Instagram. Nothing else. Just a picture of them too. A Rosarena with the Dodgers. <laughs> That's nice. Damn. That's very nice. Now, on, on the other end of the spectrum, I've talked to a couple of Dodger fans who are, who are friends who have told me, hey, love it. Love Otani. We're not winning anything with Dave Roberts as manager. Yeah, that's 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 another <laughs> that's another thing. That's another thing. You know, yeah. um, can he win? Heck, if they build a superstar team, you better win. I would give him just one year, man. Just you know, but if he doesn't win, he's got to go. It, it, it's it's you know, it's obviously you can you can say, oh my god, but they're so stacked, and any manager can win with that team. Obviously not. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes the managers and the coaches have that extra squeeze. That might get each player or that one player or a couple players over that little hump. You know what I mean? So he might not be the guy, you know? Nope. I wonder who is. Let's see. I mean, a lot of guys out there, but but yeah, man, you know, just a f- final final thought on Otani. Man, you know, the Dodgers did what they had to do to get the, the most prized free agent in, in years. In history. Maybe, yeah, history. Yeah. You know, a guy that could do both. Um, they came out on top. So, you know, kudos to the Dodgers. Kudos to his agent for playing the game. And, you know, for as for journalism, you know, it's going to keep adjusting. But yeah. my advice for people out there, you know, always, always be true to yourself, man. Always be, try to be as objective as you can. You know, try to get it right. Because, you know, your reputation is everything. Your reputation is everything. The day that your reputation goes down, that's it. You have nothing else to, to fall back on. The day that Armando... You know, somebody says Armando's a bad realtor. Oh, that's it, done. You know done, that bro. because, why? Because I wanted to make a few extra bucks because I wanted to beat somebody in a house because I wanted to hook somebody up. No, it's, no, not, no, it's not, no. Worth it. not worth it. Not worth it. Not worth it, you know? So, hey, John Morosi effed up. Yeah. You know, right. he, he poked fun at it. You know, he got it wrong. Somebody somebody deliberately fed him some bad, you know? That's just hey, the way the game goes. Also, just the way with it the is. agents and stuff just like that. Just the way it so, is right so, now. You know, it's, it's all good. But hey, uh, congrats to show. Hey, man, it's gonna be interesting. And 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 you know, I, I before we go, I don't I don't want to like end it on on a bad note. But man, that Dolphins game on Monday was brutal. Uh, they didn't play well. They played that that game was one of those games. You know, you're missing four starters on the offensive line, three starters on defense. Uh, your best player, Tyreek Hill, goes down with an injury. And he comes back, you know, badass, but he's hobbling around. You could tell he's not 100%. And they still had a chance to win. Up 14 with four minutes left. You know, things didn't 
turn out right for for the Dolphins. And yeah. hey, you know it it happens. Uh, you can look at it one of two ways. Hey, this is the same as every year. Came now with nine victories into December. They're probably going to lose out, end up at nine and eight, back to being mediocre, sneaking into the playoffs and losing a, an away game. Or, hey, you know what? This is good because, you know, you're coming in like, oh, with a team, hard knocks, ah, we're going to beat everybody. Then something like this happens and you, not, you need to take a step back and yeah. say like, you know, as, yeah. as a coach, Mike McDaniel, he's still young. He can make mistakes. The old guys make mistakes too. He's going to evaluate this and say, Conyo, maybe I should have done this. Maybe I should have done this. Tua also, hey, Tyreek's not there. But how can we adjust this offense with McDaniel to, hey, when Tyreek's not playing, what can we do? Can we we run the ball more? Do we do this? Do we do that? Health is up. Take out four starting offensive linemen from any team. I don't care who. If it's, you know, Tua or Brady or Joe Montana. It doesn't matter. Four starters on the offensive line, you're not going to play the same. Tua was getting sacked on on, on almost every play. But but those are the same people that gave him the 14-point lead, no? 14 points. <laughs> that, that That's the stinger to me. Like, look, I didn't see the game. No, I, they, I they, got, they gave up 14 because on special teams, yeah, and they started I, making I mistakes. I got uh, in yeah. from the park and I took a shower and I, I looked at my phone. And I said, oh, shit, there's two minutes and 58 seconds left in the game. And I put it on and I saw, I saw the ending of it. Wild, man. That quarterback of the other team, man, that kid was fired up. He man. was dropping dimes. That kid, that kid's pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, know it also. Yeah, man, and you got to be careful with these teams that are, that are not in contention, man, because these kids go out there to prove and do and upset you, and they, you just got to be careful. But hey, it, it proves a couple things. Number one, the Dodgers situation with Shohei Otani doesn't guarantee him anything, right? You got to win in the playoffs. You got to win. And here in football, hey, it ain't over until it's over, man. You got to play hard. It kind of looked like the Dolphins there were a little nonchalant at the end, kind of didn't want it too much, but um, you got to you you got to finish off these games. In, in professional sports. Yep. You know what I mean? So. Yogi Berra, where this yogiism said, it ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over, <laughs> man. You know? So. You know? So. Yep. So, yeah, Mike, you know, free agency's not done. By the time we do the podcast next week, Yamamoto will probably be a Dodger. Yep. Uh, let's see if a Rosarena joins. Let's see who else the Yankees get. I mean, if they don't get Yamamoto, I would love to see him go after Snell. Blake Snell. Let's see. But let's see. You know, be let's nice. see what happens. But, hey, congrats to Shohei. Gold Dolphins, and we'll next next uh, next week I'll talk a little bit more about some some boxing event that I went to this past week. And we'll see you next week.